This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Welcome to Jets at Noon. I'm Ross Levitan in for Cam Poitras. Today, tomorrow, Wednesday, with my co-pilot, Jim Toth, host of the Jim Toth Show. You got a big day coming up, sir. Ross the Boss Levitan, how are you? Good to have you on. Uh, we talked about this a bit on Friday, but uh, Cam Poitras taking a little downtime for the next two weeks. So uh, we do the call-up. I think it was Terry Ryan who got at 47 years old his pro game in with the Newfoundland Growlers who said, I joked in the room that um, the, you get sent down for a couple of weeks, you got to deal with it, but this is ridiculous being out of it for 20-some years. Does that mean we have to fight? I, I don't know if you saw that. He, he got the a plan. Tilt. Was it the plan? <laughs> yeah, what a great, great, passionate great hawk. A life dedicated to hockey out in Newfoundland. Those are the types of stories, the grassroots that really yeah. make you understand the passion that Canadians have with the game. Absolute love of the game and how respectful he was about it, not wanting it to be a publicity stint or anything like that and, and to be the distraction. But the tears in his eyes were, you know, he's an eighth overall pick. He had 60 goals in the dub. Whoa. He, like, that ankle injury that destroyed his career because he kept back in those days trying to play on it. Um, eight games with the Montreal Canadiens, but he's an eighth overall pick. Um, it's just, I, I, I just, I watched his 13 minute and 48 second post game press conference. And I think there were four questions asked. Four questions. <laughs> and I think he teared up three times. Yep. And all I took from it was just absolute passion for the game. And I know we're going to talk to the Jets and and everything else, but it just, it takes you back to, um, you know, what what it's all about. And and he's a guy, like I said, eighth overall pick, had the world at his feet, thought it was going to be outstanding. Um, But the quote I liked is, and, and I wrote this down, was, when I was in Montreal and played pro, I worked as hard as I could on and off the ice to be the best teammate I could possibly be but I did not know how hard life can be. Today I have a different appreciation on life. It was a it's was a wild experience. And he went on to talk about just, again, eighth overall pick. All he wanted to do in life was be a hockey player. Got there, devastating injury, kept trying to – he actually ruined his own career by kept trying to play hurt. And then, like he said, I went back to school in 2009. In 2015, I almost went bankrupt. He's now an actor. He's been in several things, leading the way as Shorzy, of course, but – um, like he said, he goes, they just, and, and it's so true, right? Like getting drafted, I doubt anybody drafted in the last 10 years has had a job literally. Yeah. I like has had a cutting lawns in the summer or working at a golf course in the summer job. I think that, you know, that's not part of the world right now when, when these kids are, are trying to to have their dreams become a reality. So I just thought that was a great quote. Like I worked as hard as I could to be the best teammate and and best player I could be. Like he worked hard, but he had no idea how hard life was like when you have to work for a living. Um, So it's just a great story anyway. And you can go to anywhere on social media and see it. Well, another great story. A guy who's dedicated his life to the game is Rick Bonus. Yes. Who's been a head coach in the National Hockey League for 14 years, but has been working in some capacity for more than two decades, maybe even three, three yeah, 35 longer. years as a coach in the National years. Hockey League. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And even more as a player. And now he gets his first taste of NHL all-star 
a weekend, and it's going to be in Toronto. I'm sure you know everyone else's wish. And hey, the last <laughs> one was in Florida, Vegas, all these <laughs> southern areas, and now we're going L.A. as well, and now we're in Toronto. But uh, it's going to be a special weekend for him. He was quick to deflect. You knew he would. But at the same time, I think that all Jets fans can share in the excitement for what this means, not only for him personally with what he's going through this year with his wife Judy, but for the team and really the community in Winnipeg that was really talking about rebuilding and talking about blowing things up and let's start from scratch. No, Rick Bonus comes in. Let's settle everything down. That good East Coast attitude, salt of the earth. And now first place, not only in the central, but make sure when you go to NHL.com, the standings, sort by points percentage and you'll find the Jets right number one. Well, it's such a great story too because 35 years behind an NHL bench and this is his first trip to the All-Star game. I think he would downplay it, but I also think that once he's there, um like there there I think are a lot of firsts that are happening for the last time yep. for Rick Bonus if that could be a t-shirt. A lot of firsts happening for the last time. He will not be an NHL head coach again after this. Um he will, you know, not be in probably an All-Star coach again after this. I don't know about next year and but his contract's up, right? Right. Um, so for this to happen to him, I think is, I think, and I don't know how he views all-star games. I don't know if it's like whatever. He did did kind of, he he gave his, you know, very professional answer and they asked for the players, right. But they asked him about if he'd ever been there before. But at the end, he goes, I helped a few coaches get there. You know, like in Tampa <laughs> yeah. when he was the assistant, John Cooper yeah. went, represented right. there, and in Dallas, I think, as well. Um, so he's, he's helped some guys yeah. get there. Yeah, and so I just think it's a great story that he won't focus on himself, but I bet you he takes a couple moments to drink it in once he's there. So good for him. It's it's a well-deserved honor. And and also, Cam, to, or Cam Ross, to that point, um, let's not forget last season, right? Like, disgusted and blah, blah, blah. And then... I wasn't speaking. It's accountability on on garbage bag day, and then came out. He's a guy that I think um, deserves a lot of credit for all the great success the Jets have been having this year. Um, that goes without saying. What what doesn't it often spoken about with the success they've had this year is a distance traveled from April, and he's also a guy that didn't sit in the room when he heard what his players were saying about him on that garbage bag day, and just ignore it. Yeah, He's a guy who said, I'm not speaking today, but I'll come out and address this right now. He's a guy that, from what I understand, not only this summer, but when he was hired last summer, and some players have told me this, had about three or four hour-long phone conversations with players during the summer, like getting to know them and what they want and what he wants from them. He's what you refer to, I don't know if it's your generation, but mine for sure, is a straight shooter. When yep. I grew up, you had to be a straight shooter. Your dad taught you to be a straight shooter, take your lumps, be honest, own your mistakes. That's Rick Bonus. Yeah, and I think so, that you call that accountability at this point too. Yes. To sum it right up. Like if if you say something, he's he's gonna let you know yeah. what he thinks. And about what did he say? He didn't come out and backtrack last April. No, nope. he came out and he said, "I stand by why I said it because I believe that." But Game I five maybe I shouldn't have been that harsh, and maybe I shouldn't have, you know. But we'll work through this. And uh, even Blake Wheeler, who led the charge, said at the end of his rant about how he didn't like how he addressed it publicly. 
that we're all adults and we can all, you know, patch this and make it work. Yep. Well, Rick patched things up and made it work with the rest of the guys that are here and and it's worked out pretty good. Yeah, it certainly has. And if you look at it, of course, there's three degrees of separation everywhere you look in the National Hockey League. But Rick Tockett was also an assistant coach in Tampa Bay, I believe, at the same time as Rick right, Bonus. He's yeah. also going to be in the All-Star game with the Vancouver Canucks leading the Pacific Division. And who did Rick Bonus take over for in Dallas? Jim Montgomery who will also be a redemption. I know he was in there last year, won Jack Adams last year, had the best record in the National Hockey League, but he's got some connections with the guys, and obviously Peter Laviolette, the other one, a lifer in in hockey as well, and also kind of a guy who took over a bench on a team that should have been better than they were performing in the New York Rangers, and he's done a great job there with them. When you name those four coaches for those four teams, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Boston, and the New York Rangers, hard to believe it's the Rangers who are struggling. Yeah. Really is. Like they're they're hurting right now. They're they're not doing very well. And um, but all all these guys deserve to go and it's great. And I, I do think it's outstanding for his family and, and Judy and everything. By the way, for our listeners, uh, Rick Bonus will not be at practice today. Uh, he is spending the day with Judy. Nothing to be concerned about, but we did uh, try to get Rick on the show today, and they said, oh, he won't be at practice today, and he's unavailable spending the day with Judy. So uh, we'll hear from Rick Bonus tomorrow prior to the game against the Islanders, but um, uh, not available today. No, I'm sure everyone is you know curious, and we saw the updates at practice. We'll get to those in the second half hour of Jets at noon. You can always weigh in on... On the show, 780-6868. You can text in. want to hear from you. What do you think Rick Bonus has brought the most to the Winnipeg Jets since arriving? Is it accountability or is it something on ice? Is it a player that has excelled under him or is it a part of the game, the system, you name it? I want to hear from you guys. 780-6868 is the number. That's Jim Toth. I'm Ross Levitan. And we've got more on the other side. And I also need to get... Jim Toast takes on the NHL All-Star jerseys. That's all coming up. You're listening to Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to Jets at Noon. I'm Ross Levitan in for Cam Poitras alongside Jim Toth. I love the cardigan look on you, Toth, but I got to say you look good in an NHL All-Star jersey. (laughs) Well, the, the red... I think the red would be too big. I look like Bruce Boudreaux in that Washington clip from that <laughs> HBO series. I don't mind them actually. I'm not a. I look over the years. I have absolutely. They shouldn't bother you, right? But there's been some All Star jerseys kids. that I absolutely detest. Whenever people get mad about the All Star game, I yeah, just go. It's for the kids. For the kids. Yeah, it's not for you. It's for the kids. It's not for you because you're going to watch anyway. <laughs> uh, it's for the kids, and that and and that's what it is, right? Like when the lightning bolts come in with the stars and. Some moon rockets flying over the logo, and I'm just, there's like that's for the yeah, kids. It's, it's for the not kids. For me. But these ones, I don't mind. Somebody posted a side by side to the Doritos bags, and they <laughs> that's what they look like. They look very similar. The zesty one, the zesty Doritos. <laughs> there's different flavors of Doritos too, and they legitimately took four of them. There's the Cool Ranch, <laughs> the blue ones in there as well. It is hysterical. You can go find that, I'm sure, online. Uh, great stuff. And as we're talking about all stars, we're talking about the Winnipeg Jets, the NHL's top team in points percentage. Just one all star. Does that bother you? It does. Nope, it's for the kids. Oh, all right, that's right. <laughs> and the kids voted, right? So they get in. So it doesn't bother me at all. I <laughs> look. I would if it's going to be an all star game. I'd like it to be a game, but it's never going to be that. So I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, vote for who you want. It's in Toronto. People want to see the Leafs. They're the ones going to buy the tickets. 
from All-Stars to R-Stars. Where was Mark Shifley? Kyle Connor? Jets practice update next. I'm Ross Levitan. This is Jets at Noon 680 CJOB. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Warm you up. He's on a heater, Hollywood. Catch your breath, Peter. I was out of breath for that entire newscast, gentlemen. Jesus. Hopefully you couldn't tell. Were you caught in the snow and the cold? No, I'm caught watching the Buffalo Sabres and San Jose Sharks. <laughs> As one does. Who are you, Macklin Celebrini? <laughs> did you uh, <laughs> did you get punished? Is that a sentence to watch that game? Well, I, am, I am being punished because I took the over, and it's 2 nothing <laughs> after 2. Oh. I forgot that the Sabres are locked down. They they won a game one nothing over the weekend. And, that never happens with the Buffalo Sabres. But. No, they're not not great. Not great. You can only add so many first overall picks, too, before you just go, what do, what do we need to do, man? <laughs> Find a goalie. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Them I, and six other teams. I heard that Devin Levi was going to win the Vesna this year from too many Sabres fans. <laughs> well, it might be, a, might be a little cloudy in Buffalo Yeah, today. it might be, but hey, Bill's Mafia's already... They're prepared. Oh, yeah, and, and like I'm surprised. Maybe people are doing the doubleheader, you know, at the Key Bank Center and then going over to Highmark uh, Stadium there. But, yeah. I mean, it's it's a bit sparse in Buffalo at the game looking in the crowd right I, now. I believe it. There's probably as many Bills jerseys as there are Sabres. Well, if you're getting paid 25 bucks an hour U.S. US dollars to shovel Highmark Stadium out, oh, come on. So you're right, Toe. 25 bucks? I think it's 25. Yeah. I thought it was 20 or 25, Something but like I, I thought it was 25, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, as Skyler um, said, U.S. There's like... 15 metric tons of snow in like the 300 level. I literally don't know where people are going to sit. <laughs> but when that game gets postponed, like it's, the bu- it's the Buffalo Sabres that go, oh, come on, man. Got, yeah. We're trying to for, sell a San Jose sure. game here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. No, yeah. great. So just don't postpone it to Monday. Oh, come on. <laughs> and, have a word with the governor. This has to be their only Monday afternoon game Can you game at least make it the Monday night game and move the Eagles? But, oh, come on. <laughs> no. We're trying to sell a Sharks game here. Can't do it's it. It's hard enough. <laughs> Is it the same owners, though? Yeah, the Pagula's The Pagula's own yeah. it. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Good I think stuff. their daughter's competing in the uh, Australian Open. She's a. I hope she's doing better than tennis player. Denis Shapovalov. See an 18-year-old qualifier beat him in straight sets uh, today. That's a long way to go to lose in straight sets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but a long Enjoy time ago, Shapovalov was that 18-year-old qualifier. So. True. Yeah. Yeah. What comes around goes you, you around. You have to go through this. You get you get a bit of a name, and then you realize you're 21, 22, and this happens, and then you then you go. The so hunter. Watch, watch him up. go now. Yeah. Yep. The hunter becomes the hunted, and yes. then you got to take a little time yeah. to get back on track. When they shake hands, there's that 18 year old's going, Man, I loved you when I was growing up. Yeah. Like, I'm 22. Yeah, what's going <laughs> What is going on? Speaking of 22, number 22 on the Jets, birthday today, Mason Appleton. So, um, you know what? This Jets team, I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing out of them. He's 24. Sorry, Dennis Shepherdella. Is he 24 yeah. years old? Yeah. Sorry. How, well, Mason Appleton's 28. 28, eh? Yeah, that snuck up quick. I that guess when, when you go away to college, a.k.a. Seattle, for a year and a half, you age. College. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a young 28, though. He doesn't look 28. He's probably in a good mood today, though, because he's from Green Bay. i got to imagine he's a Packers uh, fan. Yeah, he is a Packers fan. That's why we never have him on this show. Are you, You're not a Cowboys fan, are you? No. Come on. Oh, I'm, you're, you're I'm the a Bears, Bears fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's all the same. We will, we've had Appleton on the show. I'm just saying. Oh, definitely. He's he's fitting worst, real nicely. The worst shot I had was when the Bombers were in the Grey Cup on Sunday, and we had Kyle Connor on the show, and I said, are you going to watch the Grey Cup? He <laughs> goes, I'll be real honest with you. It depends on when the Lions play. 
and they were playing the Bears that week. So the Jets like, locker room's in a good mood, this, eh? This interview's over. Yeah, they must be ecstatic right now. Lions, Packers. There you go. I need to find out who they like like in today's games. <laughs> they know. They know for sure. Um, that Dallas, I, I'm I'm not a big as people know on this show. I'm not a big fire the coach. I don't know how you don't fire. I, I don't know how Jordan Love outperforms Dak Prescott at this point in Dak Prescott's career in a home field. Yeah. And this is not a shot of Jordan Love or that he got. It's a credit to Jordan Love, but I'm sorry. And I don't, I like Dak Prescott. I don't think they should get rid of him. I think he's a great quarterback. But this one's on you. You cannot lose that game at home to be outperformed by a kid in his first NFL playoff game. No, you can't. And that, that final score was. Was a little lipstick on the pig. Well, the final score was lipstick on the pig, but it speaks to take your mistakes away, Dak. Yeah, and you win this game. Like you've you got outperformed by a pretty young quarterback who's in his first playoff game, and you're now two and five in playoff games. You cannot lose that game. Nope. But guess what? They did. That's the beauty of sports. You got to actually play, and you can't win it on paper, or you can't buy it like Jerry Jones would like. I was a little disappointed Jerry Jones didn't go full nuclear after the game. Wow. He, that for him, that was very calm, cool, collected. He probably needed a nap. Yeah, I'd say. Um, the news uh, of today. So we mentioned Rick Bonus isn't at practice yes. today. Scott O'Neill just spoke and said uh, uh, Judy Bonus, Rick's wife, had surgery today and is doing well, and that's why Rick Bonus was absent from practice. She's doing great, and everything is uh, looking really positive. Reached out to the team today, as I said earlier in the program, to, to get Rick on and talk about the All-Stars, but they said, oh, he's not available today. And he said, nothing to be concerned with, just a procedure for Judy. Um, so I know every time we talk about Judy and Rick and Rick's missing time to be with his wife, that there's some concern there and, and that's great and rightfully so. But today, apparently no need for concern. She had uh, surgery and, uh, is doing well. Really good to hear. And, yeah. uh, we're, we're expecting Rick bonus to be back uh, on the ice tomorrow. It'll be a morning skate. It will be a game day. It will be against the New York Islanders. It's the fourth and final game of this homestand for the Winnipeg Jets before they embark on a three game road trip that will have stops in Ottawa, Boston and then Toronto and then they come back and it's a home and home against the Toronto Maple Leafs which should bring some you know oomph maybe like maybe if you're the Jets and and there's they're rolling right now there's no question about that if I'm Rick Bonus I'm challenging them that home and home to have it as a playoff style I want you to really measuring stick games against the the Maple Leafs and not necessarily because the Leafs are very good frankly the Leafs are on uh, a free fall right now, but I'd be looking at those games until then. And that means the Ottawa game, the Boston game, and even the game tomorrow against the Islanders. It's about doing things the right way. But you know what? If you drop one or two of those three games, I look past it. I think that right now you're finding out different things that work and we should get to the update. I was trying to tip dance around this until we got the Official word from Scott Arneal. Nikolai Ehlers was a maintenance day today, did not practice. We know Rick Bonus has confirmed that it's a lower body issue, not injury, issue that he's dealing with. He missed the last half of practice on Friday, played on Saturday. They had an off day Sunday, so he missed practice today. And then Kyle Connor is the big one. Just four and a half weeks after a six to eight week diagnosis, he's out there in a contact jersey. And and uh, Scott Arneal says, we'll see how he is tomorrow. That, to me, sounds like we could see number 81 back in the lineup. Yeah, well, and at the lineup at practice, too, um, 
he was on the number one power play. There was a, a Nick Ehlers was maintenance. Scott O'Neill has just said. Uh, Kyle Connor, uh, Scott O'Neill said, we'll see how he is tomorrow after his first full contact practice. So um, if you missed the postgame show on Saturday on 680 CJOB with Derek Taylor and one of the analysts, uh, JP Vijay, Vijay was great on this. And he was talking about it with Derek about when to bring Connor in and stuff. And he said there's a massive difference, even in a regular contact jersey, between a practice and a contact practice. And he really pointed out the intricacies of, of you know, you can spin and turn and cut and deke on a practice. Um, when you're spinning away from contact and still getting contact, when you're trying to get into a place and there's contact as you get out of it, that's much different than just, you know, skating and and. Uh, being involved in a practice, which was really integral to what's happening here because, as Scott O'Neill said today on Kyle Connor, we'll see how he is tomorrow after his first full contact practice. I think he plays tomorrow if everything's fine. I, I don't think that this is a question anymore of um, Kyle Connor sort of will give him an extra day or two. And, and he might not play tomorrow. I'm not saying he's going to, but now that he's got that contact practice in and he has another uh, morning skate, I think he goes tomorrow. Um, Ehlers was maintenance, so I expect Ehlers to go. But if Mark Shifley can't go, I, I could see Kyle Connor going. Now, I could be dead wrong about this because they don't play again until Saturday. And so if I'm a coach, I sit there and I go, I know you're ready. It's not even a conference game. Four like. more days, not a conference game. Four more days is an eternity when you're coming back. But if he's fine... Why not? Why not? Yeah. Get him in there. Then the other uh, side to look at that, Ross, is then he has three days off before our next one and he can have a game and get back into it. So I just, my gut is telling me Kyle Connor might play tomorrow. That would be obviously welcome. Kyle, the team is better when Kyle Connor's in it. But I don't know if this is too much galaxy brain. If I've got my tinfoil hat on, maybe I do. And, and you can stop me if that's the case. But I think this is the best time of year for a team that, yeah, they've had an injury here or there. A lot of it outside of Kyle Connor, though, has been in the bottom of the lineup, kind of rotating in and out. I don't mind seeing what you have with these depth pieces in higher roles. What can Morgan Barron do on a top nine line? What can other guys that are playing in in lesser roles, how can they fill in if need be? And then base what you're looking for towards the trade deadline on how those guys perform. Basically, look internally, see who can move where. And if, if you're like, okay, I need to fill this now or that now, now you've got a better understanding of what guys can do in games. Well, take advantage of the opportunity you're given. Maybe not you know, put them in the lineup or up the lineup in normal situation, but if you have an injury, uh, have a look. That's not a bad idea. The lines today, by the way, were Adam Lowry with Kyle Connor and Velarde. So Connor was taking regular line rushes as well as yep. working on the power play. Nemesikov between Ayafalo and Perfetti. Tona Nadal between Appleton and Nita Ryder and Kapari with Axel Janssen, Fialbi, and Morgan Barron. Now, Gustafson was also out there in a regular jersey as well. First time for him in a while, right? Yeah, he's a, um, he was out there as a regular and the extra forward. But I, I will say this. Um, you're sort of, you know, like Mason Appleton is struggling. Uh, he hasn't scored in a long time. Uh, he hasn't registered a point in a while. And, you know, even in the Flyers game, had some opportunities just snake bitten right now. Uh, but Totonato is not. And so I, I wonder as you go into the deadline and are looking, and I think things happen around the National Hockey League, maybe with the Jets, maybe not, but around the National Hockey League sooner rather than later. I really do. I think things are going to, I think a lot of the work this year is going to be done because there are so many teams in contention prior to the deadline itself. But to your point of having a look, um, 
Todd going up to the third line. He he's been great since being recalled, and I think this is a great opportunity to if he can solidify his great play on this third line, it might change their mind around what the price and and acquisition could be for a fourth liner at the deadline. And of course, you want your captain to be the guy who steps up, and I get why they're moving him up, but it's also interesting to note that the Lowry, Appleton, and Niederreiter trio has played the seventh most minutes of any line in the National Hockey League all season. Any line? Only six lines have played more than the 367 minutes that that trio has played all together. So we'll continue this conversation on the other side. And the Edmonton Oilers have won how many games? A franchise record? The team that dominated a whole decade? We'll get into that on the other side. That's Jim Toth. I'm Ross Levitan. This is Jets at Noon, 680 CJOB. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the... I almost said 680 CGOB Sports Show, where I got to chat with you on Friday. That was a great chat. This you is had a great show. This great is Jets guess. at Noon. Jets at Noon. Do you know what time it is right now? No. It's because you do everything. Time to talk hockey. Jack of all trades. Master of none. Ross of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do want to plug this. we got a special hour coming yes. up at 2 o'clock today. Um, we're doing a national show across... Our uh, Chorus Networks today, and our hour is during the Jim Tolth Show, 2 till 3. It's called Coping, and we're going to take your texts and calls um, as we deal with Blue Monday. And we're going to ask you to uh, weigh in with some of the issues you might be dealing with, some of the things you might want some tools to help with what making you feel blue or bringing you down. And um, look forward to it. We're presenting Coping with Therapist Yona Budd and Dr. Gans Ferentz, a registered psychologist, and that's from 2 to 3. So we're offering you a chance to get expert advice and strategies for whatever your stressor or your challenge is or are, if there are many of them, from 2 till 3. So make sure you tune into that. And it's the same line to call in at, 780-6868 at 2 o'clock, and the text line also. I love the initiative. It's uh, it's that time of year, right? That's a yeah. long periods well, of darkness. It's the not a whole lot of light out. But I will say, and I say this in all sincerity, when your sports team's winning, it it helps. It, at least Seriously, it does. And and when they're losing, it doesn't. And no. I know they lost on Saturday two nothing. And some people are saying disappointing loss. And no, you can just you can that. just get that off your shoulder. <laughs> Toad, if I if I had rewind the clock to December tenth, Kyle Connor takes a knee on knee, cutting through the middle, and he's down, and he's not getting up right away. If I had told you to fast forward five weeks. And say the Jets would be 12, 2, and 2 in his absence. Yeah. You take that and you run. Any day of the week. You take second overall in the National Hockey League in the middle of January. No, you didn't sort by points Any percentage. Day of the week. Oh, well, points percentage no. first then. Number one. <laughs> Let's go. Top five in the league at this point of the season is oh, a good year. We can't have Braden Alasco saying that he's cheering for the number one and number two ranked teams in the league. No. He's not going to be able to walk through the door. His head's going to be so big. Exactly. So, um, uh, and so along those lines, like we had a, a text here from Terry who said, um, stop saying that it's, it's travel and all that. Look, Terry, I, I, we've done this debate in my time covering hockey for years. Uh, every team travels, yes. Every team has these issues, yes. But when you're playing your like 11th game in 16 days, it's, that's to me how the Jets look uh, at this, in the second period against the Flyers. And the first period, that's how they looked in the second period against Chicago. It just catches up to you. And the difference is, you know, they've had two days off now. If they look like they did Saturday against Chicago, 
tomorrow night, then I have an issue with how the team's playing. That's fair. But after two full days off at home with no travel, I expect a better overall effort. And then going to Ottawa on Saturday, just watch the next two weeks. Yep. They've got Boston. They've got two games with Toronto. They got Ottawa Saturday. They got the Islanders tomorrow. That's not a lot of hockey in a short period of time. And that's nine it. games in in fifteen days. Eleven ton. games in, is a ton of hockey in a ton short of period of time. Just watch it, and and it's not that they're complaining or whining, or I am for them. <laughs> it just it it catches up with you, and and that's what I think. There that why some of the games we've seen the last two games, there's been those periods where they just don't look like they have it. But a real good sign is when you don't have it. I know Columbus isn't great, but they didn't have it that night and they yeah. still won five, nothing same with Chicago, right? Like that second period against Chicago was got to find different ways to win. And then they pulled it out. Now, again, good teams find a way to win in that scenario, but it, you could see it. Your point is right about Columbus, Chicago, Philly. It's starting to catch up with them. I, I'll agree with you, Terry, if tomorrow night with two days off, they look the same as they did the last three, but I think they it's catching up with them a bit, and we'll see how they do with some time. I want to pl- I want to play a, a quick clip here from uh, Brian Boucher, who joined me Friday night, and then we'll we'll uh, say sign off after that about the Jets' defensive ability, and I think this touches on what you're mentioning here. This league now, you know, it you know what it, what it appears to me instead of it being a three-two league, it's more of a four-three league nowadays, and sometimes even higher at times. Uh, for a team to, to play as well defensively as they have uh, for as long as they have, uh, to me, is impressive. Uh, you know, the only thing that I would caution against that is that, uh, you know, I, when you play that well and pay attention to detail that long, uh, how long can you sustain it? And if it falls off, you know, how long does it fall off? So, you know, they've been great so far. I think they've been a, a big surprise around the league. But you hope that they can play this type of stingy hockey uh, come April and into May. So that's the challenge: is yeah. to have this come playoffs. We're going to continue yeah. this discussion. And tomorrow. now the challenge tomorrow night is to get back to it. Like Brian said, it's going to happen, but you got to cut it off quick. And tomorrow's another opportunity against the New York Islanders, a team that's allowed more than three goals in five of its last ten. Let's get some cookies for the boys tomorrow. Point night, maybe. We'll break it all down on Jets at Noon. Thanks for listening. For Jim Toth, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been Jets at Noon, 680 CJOB.